Hello and welcome to Instant Transmission, a podcast where we discuss everything Dragon Ball and why filler leaves you feeling so empty. Tonight is the grand finale of our original Dragon Ball series coverage. Things finally come to a head as Goku steps into the ring to finally face the menacing Piccolo Jr. as we cover episodes 143 through 152. If you've stayed with us this far, we want to thank you and hopefully you enjoy our review of the final 10 episodes of Dragon Ball. I'm your host, Dayton, and once again, I'm joined by my co-host, Todd. Hi! And with Kami sealed away by his own evil containment wave, Goku is the last hope of our heroes. How will Goku save the day when his mentor Kami wasn't even up to the task? The crowd and the majority of our heroes will be watching the fate of the planet play out before their very eyes, even without knowing the stakes. Was there anything else you'd like to add before we finish off our review of the original Dragon Ball series, Todd? Just going to dive into a short recap of what we watched since we split up this arc for the World Martial Arts Tournament. And so, last time on Instant Transmission, we were reintroduced to our protagonists after a three-year training gap as the 23rd World Martial Arts Tournament began. Our heroes make it through the preliminaries with ease, except for Chaozu, taken out by a cyborg mercenary Tao with his eyes set on revenge. And his eyes are squarely set on both Goku and Tien. This matter gets settled swiftly, however, as Tien shows Tao what three years training at Korin's Tower can do. He easily bests Tao, despite Tao's underhanded tricks and cyborg enhancements. Goku enters the ring next, against a mysterious woman. She offers to tell Goku who she is if he can beat her, and so Goku does, with one key punch. Nearly knocked unconscious, she reveals herself to be Chi-Chi, and she's angry that Goku forgot his promise to marry her. So Goku corrects his mistake and proposes on the spot. Ah, young love. And there's no love lost between our next two combatants, Krillin and Piccolo. Krillin shows off some new techniques he's been working on, but it's not enough to overcome the big green wall that is Piccolo. With Krillin defeated, Yamcha takes center stage against a goofy old man hero. We find this bumbling fellow is actually Kami, Piccolo's other half and the guardian of Earth, who makes short work of Yamcha. Having finished the quarterfinals, the semifinals begin with Goku and Tien. It seems the two are evenly matched in pulling out a vast array of new techniques, but Goku, dropping his weighted clothes and drastically increasing his speed, proves to be too much for Tien to handle. Goku secures his place in the finals. And we wrap up the semifinals with Hero versus Piccolo. Hero reveals himself to be Piccolo's better moral half, but Piccolo proves to be the more powerful of the two, turning Hero's evil containment wave back against him. Kami releases his hold on Hero's body, but is trapped and sealed inside the bottle that had been intended for Piccolo. And on that dramatic moment, we're dropped back into the World Martial Arts Tournament today to determine who is the strongest martial artist in the world, Goku or Piccolo? Yeah, and I believe that takes us right into episode 143, which the fate of the world is at stake. And this episode begins with a victorious Piccolo 
cackling at the jar containing the, well, his better half. And we see Goku kind of tensing up over this whole situation as he watches his his current or former mentor sealed away. And now it's up to him. I think he's aware of the stakes that are currently before him. Yeah, and this is a big deal. Kami, what we covered last time, Kami was unwilling to let Goku take on Piccolo. Uh, that's why Kami was here in the first place, was to deal with Piccolo and seal him away because he didn't believe that Goku had either the power or the the will to do so, um, worrying that if Goku killed Kami, or sorry, if Goku killed Piccolo, Kami would die as a result. Yeah, and this this frustration, it's good to see it manifested. And it gets manifested even further when we see Piccolo actually approach Goku. And Goku demands the bottle containing Kami. And we see Piccolo just kind of taunting and toying with Goku. He's not even taking him as a serious threat. I really like this scene. The Even the... The weather here, the sky gets dark and ominous and Piccolo is just putting the jar out there with Kami's body in it, uh, putting it right in Goku's face as Goku goes to reach for it. Piccolo tosses the jar up into the air, into his mouth and swallows it. Mm, delicious what can't that man swallow it's <laughs> i mean it's it's so good because at this point it's kami is now sealed away within piccolo the only real solution is going to be going through piccolo at this point there's no there's no trick there's no i guess like back pocket secret we've already seen the evil containment wave fail it's gonna be a brawl it's gonna be a heads up fight yeah yeah and this kind of results in Goku then revealing to the rest of the group who hasn't quite figured it out yet that Junior is the reincarnation of King Piccolo. And this fight is not just about the World Martial Arts Tournament at this point. This fight is about Piccolo and his desire for revenge as well as world domination. Yeah, and part of me laughs a little bit that it took this long for that to be figured out. This is probably the the worst disguised secret I've seen in a while. But at the same time, at least it's out there and at least everybody's taking things seriously now. Yeah, admittedly, a couple of them, I think Tien in particular, was like, oh, he looks like Piccolo. He must be from, you know, Piccolo's clan or one of Piccolo's minions or something, but... I guess none of them really suspected that it was literally Piccolo reincarnated. <laughs> I also don't know if keeping it a secret from the fellow Z fighters really adds much to the dynamic of everything. I don't know. I guess Goku just didn't want to worry them, but I mean, they're going into this fight pretty damn concerned now. <laughs> it would be. I mean, <laughs> you know, God is was defeated, so you guys are up next. Yeah, you better pick up the slack. <laughs> <laughs> but with the uh, the stage finally set with the the final reveal of of Piccolo and the world at stake and everyone aware, um, we're getting ready to jump into the final match, and we see Piccolo and Goku make their way to the fighting floor. And there is some sort of irony of the crowd standing around just roaring in excitement without even really knowing what's happening right in front of them. Yeah. And I mean, 
as you mentioned that it brings an interesting difference here in my mind comparing the fight between goku kid goku and king piccolo to this fight with goku fighting piccolo jr because kid goku against king piccolo there was pretty much no one to spectate that fight i think tn was the only person who saw any of it really go down but this fight is well spectated as we've got an entire audience like you said who are just completely ignorant to the danger that they're in yeah and in previous world martial arts tournaments that i mean this was it was stressful in a different way right it was stressful because you wanted goku to just win this has that but the fate of the world added to it and i like the way they built up like the the threat or the challenge each tournament it it, it really built up really well and this feels right even though it's kind of silly if you really sit back and think about it that the guy who wants to take over the world's participating in a martial arts tournament they made it work and it feels really good here and i'm actually really glad they did it this way i totally agree with you i mean the the stakes just ramp up between the 21st World Martial Arts Tournament, where it's all about Goku's growth and uh, keeping him interested in martial arts. And then the 22nd Martial Arts Tournament, where it's about Tien and a sort of saving Tien as a person. Uh, and then this one, where it's about saving the fucking world. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's... Then again, it's, you know, Goku has, has grown over this time. And when he was a kid, it was about bettering himself. Now, I mean, he's, they've shown the physical change. Um, we're starting to see some of that mental change where he's taking things a little bit more seriously. I mean, this, the stakes should go up as you get older and more mature and you're able to take more on your plate. It just, the, the way this all times and works out, it's, it's very well done. And I can't overstate that. I think it's, I mean, it's awesome. At this point, I'm just fully into this fight. I'm not thinking about anything else. They've done a great job of setting the stage. Yeah, I very much agree with you. And it kind of results in Goku and Piccolo stepping into the ring and starting this fight off very quickly as they there's no preamble here. They immediately go in with punches and kicks. Uh, seeming pretty evenly matched as Piccolo lands uh, uppercut between the exchange and then Goku quickly gives him a back kick to the chin. Uh, it's it's looking like a good fight here is going to is going to be coming our way. Yeah, and there were some of those blurred movements at the start of this fight, but they just did it for effect. They did it to show you that these guys are moving at incredible pace. But it, they didn't let it drag on for too long. So this is this is an instance of the blurred fighting movements, I think, done tastefully, where it's just there to let you know these guys are on a totally different level. And I was fine with this. I think it looked pretty good. It lets you know that, you know, you've seen all the other fights. You haven't seen a fight like this one. I agree. I think the blurred line punches and everything are just, they're just added, kind of sprinkled in um, between the, what is some great fight choreography as we get to see Piccolo kind of lash out with, I think the first time that we get to see, or maybe the second time, his stretchy arm as he reaches out for Goku. Uh, Goku like grabbing it and launching him into the air. And I mean, 
Piccolo ends up soaring up into the air and then quickly retaliating with a key blast, uh, knocking Goku down and then fires off what I like to refer to as the Daka Daka key blast flurry. I will say we did see, um, and it's interesting because in like Dragon Ball Z, I don't ever remember this move being relevant. Goku did another like key punch where he stuns Piccolo to try and rush in. And it's that's such a unique move that I don't know why they don't bring it forward in the series because it's really cool. It's like this long distance jab that he uses to kind of stun or catch people off guard. It's kind of a unique thing that's, I mean, I don't know. It's uniquely Goku. I don't really see other people using that move. Yeah, I kind of skipped over that. And actually, I wanted to talk about that too briefly because they use it in super uh goku when he first starts with ultra instinct and he starts to get the mastered ultra instinct he uses it multiple times against jiren and this is i think this or maybe if you count the punch that he uses against chi chi i do it, count that i think it's in the same category he just he, he can control his power yeah i i think these are the first times that we see him use that and it's super cool. Like, I love it. I mean, I get that it doesn't have the same impact nowadays in like Dragon Ball Super because we've seen it so many times, mm -hmm. but it's really cool seeing the origin here. Yeah. And it's, I like it too because it's such an understated move, right? It's not the, here's my galactic big brain, you know, destroy the universe attack. It's just this cool little thing that can catch somebody off guard and set up like a big combo or I don't know. It's just, I love it as a tech piece. It adds depth to his fighting style. It's such a wild thing to think about. Like, how do you, how do you even counter that? Or how do you dodge that? Like you can't see it. I mean, I guess maybe you could hear it or sense it, but it's, it's super cool. I love it. I know it's, I mean, and it, like I said, it's not a powerful attack. It's not going to win the fight, but if you don't, you know, defend against it, it's going to put you off on your back feet and then that's all he needs. But in this case, it doesn't work for Goku as Piccolo quickly recovers, and that's when he hits him with the, what'd you call it, the super barrage? The Daka Daka. The it's Daka Daka. The, uh, <laughs> it's, it's Vegeta's signature move, particularly in a bridge. The oh, Daka 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 yeah. Daka Daka Daka. <laughs> okay, yep, I know what you're talking about now. <laughs> but, I mean, it's, so this fight continues to, to rage on. Actually, no, it, it actually ends this episode with Goku being cratered into the arena floor. And the countdown beginning. Um, I mean, I've got to know here just that just says that so far this fight is fantastic. And it's the first episode. I mean, we've had like, what, half an episode of battling and it's been awesome. Oh, my gosh. I I mean, at this point, can we go into the next episode? I want to go into the next episode. Oh, yeah. Let's go into the next episode. All right. The <laughs> next episode is 144 Unleashed, the ultimate super Kamehameha. And... Yeah, the countdown continues and Piccolo's up, you know, he's kind of floating around blustering about the fate of humanity's hero. And yeah, we we get the countdown interrupted when Goku reveals that he's been just joshing the whole time, which is that that's a it's a Dragon Ball move. At this point, you watch enough Dragon Ball, this happens. It's yeah, it's especially a very Goku move. But yeah, it, if anybody who's seen past the original Dragon Ball, you've seen this happen a million times. I mean, really, in that whole exchange, the only casualty was Piccolo's shirt. 
Oh, I'm Wait. sorry. Goku's shirt. Yes, Goku's shirt. <laughs> Goku is now shirtless. I mean... But, sorry, that was a, a, a slip. I might be foreshadowing something later. <laughs> we'll get to see that coming up. But, <laughs> uh, I mean, again, another traditional Dragon Ball trope. It's not a fight until somebody loses their shirt. <laughs> mm-hmm. Goku's going to take it serious now. Shirt's off. Like, oh, man. <laughs> uh, but we do get this kind of momentary stare down between... Goku and Piccolo as they prepare for round two of their their exchange and we see kind of electricity sparking over and between the two fighters just before the battle reignites and um this was an interesting moment because we've seen this is something that's happened a few times and actually continues throughout Dragon Ball where you get the offsetting um energies between the two fighters to kind of show their I guess their intensity or I don't know their key or something like that there's it's definitely done for stylistic effect, but I I love it at this point. I l- love it when they get that, you know, we see the two forces kind of pushing or staring each other down. Yeah, and this is, again, one of the earlier times that we get to see. I mean, this this is truly the transition from Dragon Ball into Dragon Ball Z because Goku and Piccolo here are are like powering up. We get to see their, like you said, Dayton, their colored auras and their key kind of pushing off of their bodies piccolo's in a blue and goku's in a red and them clashing in their auras and then physically coming together with blows after they both power up so something that's interesting about it though is that they show these auras but when they flip to the audience view they don't see anything and that's interesting to me especially, you know, watching as much Dragon Ball Z and beyond, they don't really take the time to show anything like that. So is it, can you only see it if you can sense key or is it like what's going on there? That's a good observation. I think that I would I would lean towards that explanation as well in that it's probably something more that Goku and Piccolo can probably sense or feel and maybe see but the audience probably can't see or understand anything that's going on (laughs) (laughs) okay i thought so i mean it's it's something i actually don't mind it if that's actually what's happening is it's just a representation of their fighting force and as experienced or veteran fighters you can detect something like that which is i i think that's pretty cool i don't know if i'm just making up stuff or filling in the gaps but i'll go with it that's absolutely my head cannon, so I'll take it. <laughs> but the fighting erupts again, and we get some repeating punches as both combatants uh, jockey for control of the fight. And we hit a point where they both actually lock hands. And this is a really cool exchange. I love this. So after locking hands, we see key build up in Piccolo's eyes as he attempts to deliver a nasty key blast. Goku notices it just in time, ducking under it, barely avoiding the key blast, and then swings his legs up to deliver a nasty kick. Piccolo is launched back, and but the stretchy arms are still in play here. So even though Piccolo was launched to the other side of the ring, he maintains a grip on Goku. And we see him kind of roll Goku off balance and slam him on the ground. And it keeps going. Goku kind of bounces off the ground and then bursts out of Piccolo's grip, somersaults up his stretchy arms and delivers a nasty elbow to Piccolo's face. Oh my God. The sequence is just 10 out of 10 bliss. And I mean, you gave a great description of that sequence. It's only maybe a minute long 
it's incredible i had like the full play-by-play in my notes for this too because it's such a good choreographed sequence that you just have to talk about (laughs) i mean it's and i've had a lot of like quick sequences that i've really enjoyed in dragon ball where i'm just like yeah it was a cool fight and i specifically noticed this this is probably one of the longer sequences we've seen of very well um choreographed um exchanges and so that's why this stood out to me so long is you could have done, you could have cut this in half and it still would have stood out as one of the better, um, better scenes in Dragon Ball, better fight scenes. But they went the extra mile. This feels like a final fight and they're really giving it their all. You can tell the animation, the, well, the choreography and the animators knocked it out of the park. Yeah, I completely agree with you. And the fight kind of continues with a little bit more of a stalemate here as the two kind of back off and Goku tries to use a technique that we've kind of seen in many of the previous tournaments where he uses his speed to vanish, uh, trying to capitalize on the fact that his opponent can't see or detect him. However, Piccolo's not your everyday opponent and Piccolo pulls a TN and slams Goku in the face with an elbow, knocking him out of his rapid movement and through one of the tournament walls. <laughs> I mean, I think it's a fun, fun move. But at this point, it's it's only a move I feel like you should pull out against weaker opponents, because if somebody's on your level, they always seem to see through it. Yeah, and that's a good point. I think that's something that Goku is quickly learning as he uh, <laughs> takes another bash through the wall. And well, uh, Goku is is much older. He's still what he's a teenager at this point. It's not like he's a full grown adult. I believe. I think he's fifteen or sixteen or something like that. Yeah, it's it's sixteen or seventeen, I think. And so yeah, he's. I mean, he's he's getting older, but he's still. He, a kid for the most part yeah i was gonna say the things i was doing at 16 would not qualify as adultish so (laughs) i do like you're seeing this kind of blend of the serious fighter but still kind of that well that kid attitude that goku has always carried with him he's he's using all these techniques that he's relied upon in the past but he doesn't have the experience to know which one's going to work right yeah, and he's he's definitely you can feel that he's more experienced for sure, especially with his the way that he commentates on other people's fights, uh the things that he notices about like Krillin against Piccolo and about TN's fighting and everything. But he's still he's still young, he's still playful. Mm-hmm. I will say I do like the twist, though, that they put on Goku being t- uh, caught in his his vanishing technique and that Goku's knocked hard into the wall. And while Piccolo's standing there gloating and everyone's worried for their their, well, what they think knocked down friend, they notice that nobody is actually in that rubble pile that Goku was knocked into. And we see Goku reemerge behind Piccolo, catching him off guard and starting his own assault on the evil green man so fun yeah this is cool i mean goku really takes the advantage here as he just delivers blow after blow and this really enrages piccolo uh piccolo kind of leaps up into the air trying to get a breather here and then starts charging one hell of a key blast such an immense amount of energy that 
Goku actually yells for everyone to get down, get out of the way. You're in danger. Now, I'm pretty sure this is the same key blast that uh, King Piccolo had used to wipe out cities. I'm pretty sure it's the same technique. So this is something we've seen before, I'm pretty sure. And if it is, then we know the capability of this technique. It's not meant to kill a target. It's meant to kill all the targets in an area. It definitely has that same feel and look to it as Piccolo kind of throws both his hands forward and just charges key into both of them. And while Piccolo, at least in the show, does not name or express names for many of his techniques, especially in this fight, uh, it, it feels like it is reminiscent or pulled from his history in King Piccolo. Yeah, and at this point, Goku realizes he needs to act, and he acts quick by leaping into the air to actually draw the blast away from the crowd standing below. And we see the attack launched, and just before it can strike our hero, Goku uses a energy blast to kind of knock him out of the path of the the well the massive key projectile that was heading his way and we see goku actually like spinning violently off to the side as it's kind of a a desperate gambit right to get out of the way well this key blast hits the mountain range kind of in the background and that mountain range is no more yeah this is awesome and i mean this is one of the moments where Goku is really playing the hero here as he probably just saved hundreds of lives because this blast would have obliterated the tournament arena, the buildings surrounding it and the stands with all of the people in it. I mean, there the tournament takes place on an island. It probably would have destroyed the entire island. It was a devastating blow. Yeah, very well could have. Um, but fortunately, Goku manages to dodge and he's at a point where he's ready to retaliate with his own key blast that he calls the Super Kamehameha. Yeah. Th so, OK, I want to get to your thoughts. What do you think about the unveiling of the Super Kamehameha wave? Um when he announced it anyway, did you what were your expectations as to what were going to happen? You know, it feels like, I'll say this, it feels like there should almost be more to it. Uh, it. It basically feels like just a big Kamehameha when it actually gets unveiled. Um, but, uh, I mean, I was, it's a, visually, it's a very good Kamehameha, but calling it a super Kamehameha is just, like, hey, it's a charged big one. That's all <laughs> it really is. Okay, I was kind of in the same boat where I was, ooh, what's going to make this one super? <laughs> yeah, Nothing, really. <laughs> I, yeah, I was a little disappointed, especially when you take a signature move like that and, you know, kind of hype me up to see what, like, what are you going to do with it now? Like, I love this move. It's it's iconic. How do you make it more iconic? Well, we make it bigger. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I, I kind of felt the same. Mm -hmm. But before Goku can launch this super Kamehameha wave, we get uh, we get Roshi actually stepping in and warning Goku to stop and that a key blast of that caliber would not only destroy Piccolo, but Kame as well. And we see Goku kind of reluctant to fight at this point with his hands tied to Kami's fate. 
Yeah. And this results in Piccolo just gloating like, feels good to be the bad guy, bro. So he's just starts charging up another giant key blast. <laughs> and this results in, I think Krillin is the one who points out, hey, Goku, go ahead, use your Super Kamehameha. We can just use the Dragon Balls and resurrect Kami if you kill Piccolo. Yeah, and this this kind of gets Goku back on the bandwagon, and we see the Super Kamehameha wave being charged. We see Piccolo's ginormous key blast launch in his direction. Goku launching a Super Kamehameha wave. Uh, what does two waves hitting each other result in, Todd? Beep struggle! <laughs> yeah. Oh, I was so happy. I was I was over the moon about this. I was like, all right, we got a beam struggle. So oh, excited. Man, I, I will say I clench up and just like, ugh, I get so excited when I see these beam struggles. We see him pushing back and forth. We see, you know, veins popping, muscles flexing, ugh, all the charging that you could ever imagine. I'm trying to remember, have we in Dragon Ball up to this point, have we had a true beam struggle yet? Was there maybe one with Tien and Goku previous? I feel like we had a a close to beam struggle where it was one beam just completely overwhelming another one. Right. I think this might be the first true beam struggle, if I remember correctly. I think I I think you're right. I think I agree with that assessment, too, where this actually feels like there's some push and pull, like a little bit of back and forth. Uh, however... Goku's Super Kamehameha does come out on top here, but man, this like for somebody who grew up with Dragon Ball Z, this feels very reminiscent of the Goku and Vegeta beam struggle. But this is this one came first. So mm -hmm. this is the OG. You have to tip your cap to it. It may not be your favorite, but you better respect it. Yeah. And admittedly, while I kind of wanted more out of the Super Kamehameha visually, this beam struggle looks great. Yeah, it actually looks way beyond its time. It's it's actually something that that translates really well even to today. And I do love um they do a great job with giving the the key waves almost like their own identity. When you look at the key itself, you can tell who it's coming from. Oh yeah. I mean, we've got the traditional blue Kamehameha, the light shining from the Kamehameha, almost like little electricity coming from the super Kamehameha. And you can see because Piccolo fires off his wave first, it has this kind of like orange yellow glow mm -hmm. to it, much more sinister looking. And you can even see before Goku fires off his wave, you can see the blue of his wave behind him, but you can see his skin and his hair is covered from the glowing orange light of Piccolo's wave. It looks awesome. And that beautiful beam struggle comes to an end with Goku's Super Kamehameha wave crashing into Piccolo, resulting in a giant explosion as Piccolo's engulfed in that signature blue Kamehameha wave energy. And that's where this episode leaves off at, which is kind of awesome. Like, honestly, if I didn't know there were more episodes, like if I was watching it like on a week by week basis, I probably wouldn't know if it was over or not right here. These cliffhangers are good, man. This is a good one where they're like, did Piccolo get vaporized? Because, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look at a lot of the other fights that we've had where they're only two or three episodes long. And so very reasonably, 
this could be the end of it. I mean, it's, I almost wish I didn't know how many episodes there were because if I was watching this week <laughs> by week, it, man, <laughs> but I do think, uh, we should probably jump into episode 145 to see what happens. Oh yeah. I'm excited. Let's do it. All right. Episode 145 is Demon King Piccolo's super giant form technique. So kind of, kind of spoils Piccolo's fate a little bit right there. Um, (laughs) they don't put spoilers in the titles ever. No, 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 that's never happened. So, uh, yeah. Um, this episode begins with the, the arena beginning to crumble and the dust slowly starting to settle as we see the aftermath of Goku's attack. And we see that Piccolo is very much alive, but the same can't be said for the evil King shirt. The next (laughs) stage of the battle is about to begin. Oh yeah. This is when things get real serious. Mm -hmm. He's missing half his shirt, half his pants. It's on baby. Yeah. We got two shirtless fighters. We know we're in the final stages. (laughs) So we, we see some taunts starting to be exchanged between Piccolo, who's irate, pissed off. He's had enough of this. And we see something that we we don't see terribly often. We see a very calm and serious Goku. Yeah, and things kind of slow down here a little bit because Piccolo not only lost his shirt, but he also lost his headpiece turban whatever you want to call it and so the audience can now see the full splendor i didn't real. that's what did that that's oh, why yeah. they realized that are you kidding me i didn't even i he's clark kent baby it's all about the glasses or the turban <laughs> oh i thought it was all the grandstanding how i'm going to rule this planet and crush all of you like all the evil king talk that kind of jogged their memory it's the turban the green man was unrecognizable until the turban came off (laughs) hey man you can see those iconic antenna (laughs) my gosh (laughs) all right uh continue oh i can't even speak oh my god so with piccolo jr's antennae revealed to the audience uh, they're all like, he looks like King Piccolo and Piccolo Jr. is all about it. He's like, I am King Piccolo. You're all going to die. Gosh, and, and 10 are like fingerprints. They, they're all different. Hey, man, uh, how many antennae people do you know? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how many do they know? <laughs> uh, so, yes, after after giving his his destroy the world speeches. We see the crowd starting to actually flee in terror, but we do have a group that stays, which is all of our heroes. Plus the greatest hero of all announcer, man. I love announcer, man. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's so, so good. And honestly, seeing that it really makes me think about some of the future episodes where he like kind of knows who they are and is kind of like a little bit in, in the game or whatever. He's kind of a cool character. Oh, man. I love the announcer. This is admittedly... So, I mean, he's seen Goku come up through these tournaments over the years. But he's never been in a situation where his life is in danger in these fights. <laughs> and he still sticks around because he's got a job to do, God damn it! 
Oh my, <laughs> that man's a role model. <laughs> I'm going to raise my kids with that man as their, as their figure. <laughs> he, he would be one hell of a godfather for your children. <laughs> That's freaking awesome. But we do get Goku kind of screaming at everybody at this point where it's, you know what the stakes are. You need to get out of here. And they all just stay anyway. <laughs> I mean, we've got like Bulma, Launch, Poir, Oolong. And then we've got the rest of the guys who are fighters and strong enough to defend themselves. But those four could get toast with a errant key blast real quick. Mm-hmm. You're just regular dudes. This is kind of a, a battle between gods at this point, as far as regular people are concerned. Yeah, absolutely. And that kind of takes us back into the fight as our title card comes to fruition here with Piccolo powering up and growing and expanding in size to what looks like could be 20, 30, 40 feet tall, vastly outsizing our hero, Goku. Yeah, and Goku can't help but just say one thing, which is incredible, how do you make your clothes grow too? <laughs> I love that line. The dub line for that is fantastic. <laughs> it feels very Goku. Like he's not even worried about the fact that this dude's like the, the size of three buildings. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah, you're going to like pummel me. But how'd your clothes grow? I need an answer. <laughs> it's always that question about the Hulk too. How did those shorts just mm-hmm. so stretchy? Same tailor. That's how. <laughs> oh, it's so good. But we we get this this larger than life Piccolo Junior. and Goku both standing in the arena, which feels much smaller now that Piccolo is much larger. And the battle kicks off pretty much right away. And at the beginning, all Goku can do is dodge the attacks of his Titanic opponent, and it doesn't last long, and a colossal blow is levied against Goku, knocking him hard into the ground. Yeah, he's swatted to the ground like an insect. Uh, and before Piccolo can really capitalize or deliver a final blow on in this situation, Goku's friends are, are calling out to him. Uh, I think Tien in particular is like, Goku, let me help you. Because, I mean, let's be honest, again, this is no longer about the tournament. The world's uh, the very the world is at stake here, guys. Like, come on. <laughs> it, it's everybody's lives at risk, right? Like if Goku loses this fight, the world is doomed. <laughs> so the, the tournament's been over for kind of a minute at this point. But Goku doesn't think the same way. Goku cannot forfeit the match. And so he's going to keep fighting by the rules regardless of what's happening. Yeah, the interesting thing to me here, too, is that it's not really talked about. I mean, Goku says, you know, I got to finish this match by myself. But both Goku and Piccolo remain inside the bounds of the arena. Even Piccolo in his giant ass state, they, neither one of them steps foot outside of that arena. <laughs> I mean, it's it's kind of a funny dynamic, right? It's Goku his entire life has wanted to win a world martial arts tournament. This is a personal goal for him. This is the the epitome of achievements as far as he's concerned. And so, and knowing Goku, this makes sense to me. I can only imagine Piccolo is playing by these rules 
to humiliate Goku. He wants to beat Goku like to death, but also beat Goku at his own game. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a great assessment of what's going on in both of these characters' heads right now because Goku has in the finals in two world martial arts tournaments, he's lost just barely. And he's in the finals right now, and he's not about to give up the finals in this match, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> the the fight does kick back off again, though. And we see Goku using his speed at this point to kind of fly between Piccolo's legs, and he actually strikes a blow that brings Piccolo down to his knees and then body slams him? Grabs him by a single finger and flips him <laughs> over in the arena. <laughs> I had to watch it twice because I didn't understand what happened. I think Roshi even makes a comment about Goku defying physics. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that absolutely happens. And I'm with Roshi on this one. But it's... then again, if you can dream it, you can do it. Oh, man. And Goku can certainly dream it. But Goku continues the assault, dashing around kicks piccolo squarely in the open eye i even it, it's animated i even winced as i watched goku's foot Whoa. sink into his eyeball <laughs> <laughs> and wait that just made me think back to uh didn't that happen in early dragon ball z with um was it gohan turning into uh a great ape i'm trying to remember you might be thinking of so Vegeta when he turns into a great ape gets a That's number of is. eye injuries. That's what it is. I was trying to remember that. So that does happen. I'm glad they translate. Man, there's some really good writing throughout this series. Holy crap. I Maybe know, we should do crazy. a podcast about it. We should talk about it sometime. <laughs> but yes, we do see Piccolo getting just nailed in the eye. And we see Goku kind of bouncing off after this, attempting a second blow. But Piccolo still has one good eye, and he uses that good eye to deliver a quick key blast into Goku's leg, knocking him to the floor. And I thought we were retreading old ground when Goku basically, like, all of his limbs were being taken out from him one by one. I mean, this is a, I was thinking exactly what you were thinking, and that, to me, this is a great parallel to the fight with King Piccolo and Kid Goku because King Piccolo disabled Goku's leg with an eye or it might not have been an eye key blast but a precision point key blast to his knee and that's kind of what Piccolo Jr. is trying to do here and it results in Goku falling to the ground and Piccolo stepping on him to crush him yeah, and this is uh, this is Goku fighting against size 154 shoes. And <laughs> we see the life kind of being squeezed out of him. But to everyone's surprise, we see Goku kind of fighting back. And this definitely caught me off guard. I thought this was going to be like a a torture scene, if you will. But... No, it was actually a struggle scene. And we see Goku just pushing the jolly green giant back with his own strength from the ground. Yeah, this is equal parts ridiculous and fucking awesome. Because <laughs> <laughs> Goku full on, I mean, he's he's smaller than Piccolo's entire foot. He manages, however, to push up with his arms, get onto his feet push Piccolo's foot up into the air and launch him 
into the air onto his butt. <laughs> it's kind of ridiculous. It's kind of ridiculous. I mean, it's it's fun though. It does is my immersion broken? Not really, but it is kind of ridiculous. And I mean, it's it's Dragon Ball. You're going to have some fun in it no matter what. And that's the thing. I I think Toriyama or Toy Animation here they the the show has grown and matured over time, right? Over 150 episodes, it's it's changed in in tone, but it never loses that little bit of silliness, even in mm-hmm. these moments in world-ending combat. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you want to know what Piccolo's problem was? What was Piccolo's problem? Uh, he wasn't big enough. He's going to get bigger. <laughs> This this was hilarious to me, too. And it, it's been a long time since I've seen this. But even Goku's like, I have a feeling you're going to get even bigger. <laughs> Foreshadowing. What? <laughs> yeah, it's I mean, it's just fun. I'm just having a good time. And, and, you know, we're fighting over the fate of the world. But I'm having a good time. And that's what matters. Exactly. And I just want to point out once more that even in Piccolo's giganterous state still does not exit that arena <laughs> god damn it well i mean we're gonna we're gonna have to find out more because i think that leads us right into episode 146 which is sun goku's trap and we see piccolo just kind of standing over goku just cackling and yeah he's goku announces that this is the moment he's been waiting for and I thought that was interesting, but it's at this point that Goku leaps into the air and he fires this quick Kamehameha wave to propel himself into Piccolo's mouth. And I want to go ahead and point out that this was a very difficult thing to phrase. <laughs> I, uh, it, yeah, I could see that. Um, jolly green man and yeah, things going down his throat, but. The, <laughs> the I I forgot. So I've I've watched the original Dragon Ball. It's been years, maybe decades since I've seen it. I forgot, and slight spoiler here, I forgot how Goku got Kami out of Piccolo. And this was Piccolo or this was Goku's plan all along, especially once he saw Piccolo get bigger he's like i just need him to get a little bit bigger and then i think i can get inside and find kami yeah and i mean that's that happens in that order he piccolo gets big goku jumps into his mouth um he punches like his throat a little bit and then jumps out with kami and yeah kami is now free from his capsule so cool all right that's one less thing goku has to think about when he's fighting uh piccolo also, quick nod to the animation in this episode. It looks spectacular. The The character models are on point. Watching Piccolo's response to having a creature inside of his body kicking the inside of his throat and stomach, his facial expressions, his mouth and his teeth, all of it looks spectacular. It looks spectacular, but my brain struggles to like wrap around what actually is happening and does physics apply here i don't know man there's a a green man who's 872 feet tall i don't know what's (laughs) happening (laughs) i guess that's true i shouldn't be questioning anything (laughs) 
But uh, Piccolo finally sees the the flaw in his fighting style and decides to shrink back down to normal size. And we're happy about that, but there's no time to chitter-chatter. The fighting pretty much kicks right back off, and we see some fighting at speeds that no one can see, and we see both fighters exchanging blows pretty much without defense. They are just landing heavy hit after heavy hit on each other. Yeah, I do want to point out, too, just in case we didn't clearly cover it, Kami gets released from the bottle. So Kami's in the picture now. We got the genie out of the bottle. Yes, the 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 Kami's out of the bottle. And now <laughs> Piccolo's normal size and Goku and Piccolo are beating the tar out of each other. This fight sequence, too. There's a little bit of repeat animation in here. But, oh, man, it is brutal. Like, these guys are just beating the snot out of each other. Again, they're their responses like their facial expressions to getting hit in the stomach and in the face after punch and kick is delivered it is heavy it is well animated it is awesome yeah it's a lot of fun they they take this this really visceral approach to each blow actually landing and then they bookend it with repeat animation so it's Repeat animation, and then someone gets hit heavy in the chest. Repeat animation, someone gets hit heavy in the face. And you're kind of seeing, I guess, the the toll of the battle actually taking place at this point, that these fighters are just in a knockdown, drag-out brawl at this point. Yeah, and as they're kind of exchanging blows in the sky, Piccolo lands a heavy blow against Goku, knocking him towards the arena floor. But Goku starts charging a Kamehameha, However, he doesn't deliver it the way that one would expect as he shoots the Kamehameha out of his feet. I fucking love it. I love it with all of my heart. Goku learned the Kamehameha wave seeing it once. I'm sure he could learn how to fire it with his feet on the fly. And I thought this was so cool. It's also way cooler than just being able to fly. So 10 out of 10. Love this. Yeah, and that's we got to point out the fact that at this point in Dragon Ball, Piccolo can fly, but Goku cannot. So Goku uses the Kamehameha to propel himself into the air and deliver a double fist punch to Piccolo's face. It's so good. I mean, it's so fun. It's also very, like, it's kind of childish thinking, but effective childish thinking. I don't know how to describe it. It's so weird and off the wall, but it works. I, I might be stretching here a little bit, but it also feels a lot like the the move that he used to finish off King Piccolo. It didn't shoot it out of his feet, but he did fire off the Kamehameha to launch himself with a double punch at Piccolo to go straight through him. It is, it is very reminiscent, and I had the same thought when I saw it the first time, but I also get distracted by the fact that he's firing a Kamehameha wave with his damn feet. I think this is the only time we see that, and I absolutely love it. Like, I love... So, the Kamehameha is a staple in Dragon Ball, but it can get stale when you see it time and time and time and time again, especially when it's ineffectual. So, seeing it used in unique and interesting ways, like they use, like they do throughout a good chunk of the original Dragon Ball, I love it. Yeah, and I put it right on par with the the point in Super where Goku kind of grinds on a key blast with the Kamehameha wave before firing it. It's that same kind of creative move, and probably the king of these creative Kamehamehas is the instant transmission one, but we'll 
that that's down there. We'll, we'll we'll get to that. I'm sure at some point. Oh yeah, I love that one. <laughs> but, but uh, yeah, this is just really cool. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, and Goku thinks he kind of has the edge here as he delivers this heavy blow to Piccolo. Uh, he's just kind of like making his way down to the ground, not paying much attention. Piccolo manages to recover though mid-air and uses his antennae to fire an electricity sort of key blast at Goku and shocking him, almost stunning him and allowing him to fall and crash to the ground rather than land on his feet. Yeah, and at this point, Goku's kind of stunned and defenseless and we see Piccolo charging in for what should be maybe even a, a a fight ending attack. This could be the end of Goku at this point, but everything kind of abruptly stops when we see that Kami has actually entered the arena and blocked Piccolo's attack on Goku. Yeah. And this is a big deal. So Goku has already turned down the aid of his friends, turned down the aid of Tien, who's, a very powerful fighter, as we've seen, and could certainly help Goku defeat Piccolo. Uh, so Kami stepping in here. I mean, Kami's basically working for the good of of the Earth. Kami doesn't give two shits about the fact that there is a martial arts tournament going on. He's just worried about stopping Piccolo. But Goku, as we've already discussed, really wants to win this tournament by himself. <laughs> yeah, and Kami rightfully is kind of, I guess, caught off guard by the fact that Goku is not willing to accept his assistance and actually even goes one step further to offer Piccolo a free punch against him since Kami interfered to make things right. Very TN in the previous tournament. Yeah, I mean, it. Goku wants to win this the right way. He doesn't want to win with any sort of help, and he was about to get clobbered. So, I mean, Piccolo <laughs> wanting to put the hurt on Goku is very willing to oblige and punch Goku into another arena wall. <laughs> yeah, Go Goku is sent tumbling just hard, and we see Goku stand up, and he's looking tired and battered, but still full of resolve. And it's we're, we're starting to see what I think are probably the later stages of this fight, as both fighters appear to be kind of sucking air a little bit. But... That's not the end of this episode because Piccolo decides to launch a key attack against Goku, but this key attack has a twist. Yeah, this feels like some of the key blasts that we saw in the previous fights because this key attack follows Goku as he leaps up out of the way and Goku has to use his own key blast or Kamehameha to run and escape the chasing key blast. And Goku kind of catches on to what's happening here and using his expert martial arts brain uh, decides to lead the key attack back to Piccolo, causing Piccolo to hit himself with his own attack, which is something that I feel like happens later on in Dragon Ball again. I mean, we can't not talk about the fact that this is or well, that the Frieza Destructo disc 
is a direct reference to this exact scenario. <laughs> it's incredible. The the end of Dragon Ball Z ends well, ends with an homage to a pinnacle point of the original Dragon Ball series. I think it is just a beautiful analogy. It's done well here. It's done well in the future. It's another example of good story writing. And I was somebody who started from Dragon Ball Z and watched forward. It's really cool to now go back and watch Dragon Ball and see where, I don't know, pick up some of these things that maybe I didn't notice because they were references to old episodes and really appreciate some of the good storytelling that they push forward. Yeah. And I think something that you mentioned with they've put a few twists on some of the techniques like Goku, when he gets hit out of his quick dash move, uh, he manages to recover and quick dash behind Piccolo. I like here that Goku is able to lead the key blast back to Piccolo and hit Piccolo with it. However, that when we see this same sort of technique against Frieza, Frieza's like, I wouldn't fall for that. But Goku fires a key blast in the dirt and creates smoke to try to mask the attack. And then Frieza still doesn't get hit with it. Frieza gets hit with it later when he forgets about the attack entirely. It's, I, I love it. I man. But we're talking about Dragon Ball and not Dragon Ball Z right now. And right. we've got Piccolo, who's just hit himself with his own homing attack. And we see kind of the the dust settle after it it strikes well the unintended target and piccolo's weathered the attack but not well we see one of his arms kind of drooping to the side with blood running down it and it's at this point that goku demands that piccolo just forfeit to the fight he's no longer capable of of fighting him and the battle is over but is it yeah this is I mean, this is the first time that we get to see this technique as Piccolo grabs his arm and screaming in pain, rips his arm off of his body, throws it to the ground in a bloody heap, and then begins to scream and power up as he shoots another arm out of the empty socket and regrows his limb. Yeah, and I don't think this is something we saw the old King Piccolo do. I think this is something brand new to this point right now. Yeah, I think you're right. I was trying to remember if we got to see even like the stretchy arms from King Piccolo. I don't think that we did, but I that one I could be wrong about. But this, like you said, is truly unique, or at least the first time we get to see this happen. Yeah, it's... Actually, I do think we did see the stretchy arms with the old King Piccolo. You um, might be right. I think this time, though, Goku responded much, much better than the previous time. Yeah. And I mean, Goku kind of thought the fight was won here as he disabled Piccolo's arm. But uh, now getting to see Piccolo regrow it, the fight gets to start anew. Uh, I also just want to point out, the animation again and the faces and everything done here, there is a lot of respect given to Goku or I'm sorry, given to Piccolo regrowing his arm here. Very well done. Yeah. It, it's not a phoned in scene. It's all the gruesome detail that you'd want to see. It's all there. Yeah, absolutely. And then this results in Piccolo now with two arms. Ooh. Charging up his key, uh, they I, I think at least in the dub, they express that Piccolo is 
absorbing the energy of the creatures around him in order to expel it outward in a giant key attack. I believe that was announcer man's, uh, uh, I guess, explanation as to what's happening. So take that with uh, heaps of salt. That's fair. I couldn't remember who said it. So if it was announcer man, it might be like, what the heck does that mean? (laughs) We do get Goku, though, kind of turning and screaming at his friends that they vacate the area, that this is going to be bad. Yeah. And I, as our, our heroes kind of try to prep themselves to weather this attack, I think we're left on another cliffhanger with this charging attack from Piccolo. Yeah, and that pretty much takes us straight into episode 147, which is nothing more can be done. And we have Piccolo continuing to scream and power up and Goku's friends continue not leaving. Uh, (laughs) And after a bunch of yelling and charging, uh, Piccolo's attack is revealed and Goku's friends are all forced to dive into a hole for cover as an unbelievable large key wave is unleashed across the entire landscape wiping pretty much everything to dust yeah this is again piccolo is showing complete disregard for any of the life surrounding and watching this fight uh but our our other fighters tien krillin they all i mean being in the hole being a little ways away from the attack they managed to come out relatively unscathed but as they emerge from the hole they're looking around like where's goku where's goku and krillin spots him uh goku still standing in the same spot where he stood to weather the blow and seems to be not too much worse for wear or at the very least it wasn't enough to take him out Well, I don't know if you noticed this, but my favorite part about the reveal was that there's still a tiny little piece of the arena beneath his foot. Everything else is barren and ash, but there's still like half an arena square under his foot. He never took his foot off the arena floor. I actually did not notice that. That's a really great detail. And it's funny because... I mean, if you wanted to get really technical and the arena is destroyed here, if Goku's foot is the only thing remaining in the arena and Piccolo's feet are not, you could say that Goku won. However, they're going by the rules that both of them are still kind of standing in what is left of the arena square. (laughs) You've got to adapt at this point. This match is far beyond what the arena was ever meant for. Yeah, absolutely. And at this point, Piccolo's... I mean, Piccolo's afraid. Piccolo's concerned now that that attack was not enough to destroy Goku. And Goku takes that moment to go on the offensive, delivering blow after blow, just sticking it to Piccolo Jr. And he even goes so far as to leap up into the air for a Kamehameha, his friends kind of ducking for cover once more. And he delivers it completely. I mean, hitting Piccolo without any sort of retaliation behind it. So this is a clean hit from a Kamehameha. Yeah. And we see the, the gigantic iconic explosion from the Kamehameha wave, which looked pretty good. And I give it a a six or seven. It's, it's a fine looking Kamehameha wave. Um, And 
yeah, we see Goku actually land with style after the attack, kind of somersaulting through the air, adding a little, you know, a little extra flair. Um, but yeah, Piccolo at this point is now lying motionless inside the attack's crater. And it, Goku just asked the announcer man to start the 10 count because that's what he cares about. I love, I mean, I keep talking about the animation, but I love the way they drew Piccolo in the crater here. His arms are all out wide. His mouth is just hanging wide open. His head is partly buried in the dirt. I I mean, he looks like a wild animal that's just been slain. It's it's great. And this results in our announcer doing the 10 count. And it's... I mean, this looks like it could be it. This was even knowing how this fight goes and knowing the story, this felt to me like this could be the end of the fight. But that's not exactly the case here. Yeah. And in perfect suspense storytelling, the announcer man hits count number nine. And at this moment, in a really quick motion, Piccolo leans forward, firing a key blast, I believe out of his mouth, that pierces Goku's chest, knocking him to the ground. And Goku's just screaming and writhing in pain at this point. This is great. I mean, this comes off of Goku turning and giving a thumbs up, like a victory thumbs up to his friends. And then it immediately flips to this violent, visceral attack from Piccolo. And this bloody hole left in Goku's chest and shoulder. And I mean, Sean Schemmel just killing it here with the screams and the voice acting. I mean, Goku's eyes are drawn in such a way where they're almost like white and lifeless. The He spits up blood. He's got blood running down his chest. This is not what you expect to see in a children's show. <laughs> no, this is, I mean, this is probably one of the most brutal moments in the entire show at this point and i do love that it all stemmed from goku once again being careless and letting his guard down and being arrogant and it's it's a universal truth that just continues throughout the dragon ball series and i love that this i mean this horrible yet fantastic moment all stemmed from just something that's so iconically goku yeah, yeah, it is great. Goku almost never learns, but that's that's kind of the the charming part of his character. But this completely flips the fight on its head here. This what looked like was going to be a victory for Goku. Now Piccolo is up on his feet and standing over a bleeding, whimpering Goku. And I mean, Goku is unable to get up piccolo however takes the opportunity to truly torture goku as he stops on the bloody wound i mean it this is this is i mean almost rough to watch but it is a great scene yeah and i mean it's one of those things where like you said the the shemel screams are in full effect right here you can really feel the the visceral effect of what's happening and this is, I mean, this is a power trip for Piccolo, too. It's him enjoying the defeat of the one person who could stop him. It's him relishing the victory, his his dominance over humanity, and taking that extra moment to enjoy it. And I, I mean, I love the manner that, that Piccolo did it. 
Piccolo's the bad guy. He's honor is weak. Do everything you can to win sort of attitude. And we got to see that on full display. And now we see the the ego behind that unfold display. Yeah, absolutely. And this scene of Goku being tortured, it, it almost gets interrupted by Goku's friends, Tien, Krillin, the others come running forward, ready to lend a hand, ready to aid Goku. And Piccolo takes a, a hand and just swipes across a key blast that stops them in their tracks, uh, not hitting them, but just threatening them and clearly showing them that they are no match for Piccolo, even in his weakened state. Uh, and Goku is uh, Goku's at a point where he's still ready to fight this out on his own as he manages to get back up to his feet and starts to taunt Piccolo for his shitty aim. <laughs> yeah, I believe Goku mentions that. Ha, you missed all of my vital organs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he does. I, I think he says something like, it's a good thing your aim is as bad as your fighting. <laughs> I just, I had to laugh. It's, it's just one of those statements that's so on the nose, you can't help but chuckle. Yeah, it's pretty good. And... I mean, with Goku back on his feet and this, you know, turning into a fight again, I think we kind of end that episode and move forward with our last episode in this fight. Yeah, that brings us in episode 148, which is Hooray, the world's strongest man. And I'm pretty sure that means Piccolo wins, right? Because they said Hooray. I mean, that sounds like a good thing to me. <laughs> but this episode has both battered warriors kind of just exchanging blows, the bleeding out and just, I mean, on his last leg, Goku and a Piccolo who's pretty much expelled all of his energy. And it's just, I mean, it's gruesome. There's blood going everywhere. They're just punching each other. And Goku's grasping his open wound the entire time while he's fighting. Yeah, and this is what you expect to see from a final match in the World Martial Arts Tournament. You expect to see these two master martial artists just completely gassed at the at the end of their rope in terms of just stamina. And Piccolo is going to pretty much use every trick he can here because he sticks an elbow in the wound that he delivered to Goku knocking him to the ground and then pulling a Tien to Yamcha move leaps onto Goku's leg with his knee and breaking his leg. Yeah. And oh, just bones breaking in the show are done well every single time because ugh, I did not like the sound. I did not like the look and I did not like the screams of pain that came from this move. It's great, man. And this, I, I mean, Goku is is down. Goku is, you know, being physically disabled at this point without the use of his leg, with a hole in his chest. And Piccolo doesn't stop there. Piccolo is going to continue and say he wants to remove Goku's arm. I mean, it's, it's just some light torturing. It's no big deal, right? So... <laughs> Pic Piccolo pulls out the uh, the pinpoint laser and begins lasering off Goku's arm for a second. Then he realizes that he's actually not into that and he'd rather just end the fight. 
yeah, you know, I'm I'm done torturing you. So he's going to. Fly I thought Goku was going to lose his arm, though. I really did. I was just like, oh, my God, I didn't realize it got this brutal. Holy crap. Yeah, I mean, I, I love this. Uh, I mean, Goku is basically without the use of an arm, without the use of a leg, potentially here. And so Piccolo flies up into the air to deliver one final key blast, another large key blast to just destroy Goku. And his Goku's friends are are screaming and crying. Uh, they don't know what to do in the moment. Uh, we see the blast hit the ground and then Goku's nowhere to be seen. Yeah. Um, well, there's actually one moment I do want to talk about before that happens. And we actually get Kame pleading with Tien to save Goku by taking his life to extinguish Piccolo once and for all. And Kami's begging him and he's telling him that he can be revived with the Dragon Balls and it's going to be OK. You can kill him. And Tien is he has a moment where he's he accepts that he's going to do it. He's going to kill Kami to to bring Piccolo down. But before the deed can be done, Goku yells out that that he can't. He has to stop because Goku wants to finish the fight. That's right. Yeah. Even even with Goku on the ground and basically with death knocking on death's door, he's still saying, no, I can win this. I think I can win this fight. Don't worry. I've got. This. <laughs> yeah, it, it's hard. It's hard to believe in Goku at this point when he he can't really walk, let alone fight. And in that state, that's when that big key blast from Piccolo hits him. And there's nothing but debris. Well, debris and a gloating Piccolo who thinks he's he's won the match and the world is his. Yeah. And I mean, this results in Piccolo kind of turning to Goku's friends. Goku's friends now, like, I mean, it's on us. Now we, like, the fight's over. We have to defend the Earth at this point. And that kind of turns into Krillin spotting something behind piccolo in the air yes and in awesome dragon ball fashion and very kind of similar ish to the last time goku had fought piccolo uh we see goku rocketing through the air but this time plummeting from the sky like a saiyan torpedo and (laughs) piccolo is struck hard by goku and i mean it's a heavy blow and piccolo's gasping for air on the ground and it's at this point that goku asks announcer man if piccolo has left the arena boundary (laughs) that is the absolute best response to (laughs) to this scenario just like goku doesn't work at this point his legs aren't really working he's (laughs) got no nothing left in the tank he can barely talk he's gasping for air and it's just hey is he did he leave the boundary? <laughs> <laughs> Is he out? Did I win? <laughs> uh, and fortunately, uh, it does look like Piccolo has left the boundary of the arena. On top of that, I think he's also no longer conscious. Goku is now crowned the champion of the 23rd World Martial Arts Tournament. 
This is a great moment, and I want to relish in this. I do want to briefly, probably one of my only very minor gripes about this entire fight is the moment where Piccolo delivers this key blast. Goku, we see this very brief scene of Goku just kind of flashing like this blue aura around his body, but we never we never get to see what happens with Goku and how he avoids the blast. And we never get an explanation either. I would have even been okay if they were like, yeah, I, he just said, Hey, I used a Kamehameha uh, to get out of there with, you know, one hand or something. But Goku just appears in the air and starts flying at Piccolo. I would have just, I just needed a few words just to explain it. Like I could come up with my own explanation, but I just, I just want to know. I, I agree with that. It is kind of just a, oh, he got him. But no, he didn't. Like, it's one of those moments where an explanation would have been, it would have been kind of nice. Yeah. But a very minor gripe for what is otherwise a phenomenal battle with a very cool and very satisfying ending as Goku is now the world martial arts champion. <laughs> and we've, got about half an episode to go at this point as far as this arc goes and we have Yajirobe appearing from the dust to offer Goku a magical sensu bean and Goku's right back up on his feet and feeling great and you know he actually won the tournament but I really wanted to get to this part when the celebration is cut short when Kame decides to end Piccolo's evil once and for all I did not expect this and I Oh my God, what good story writing. We see the a, a being of almost pure good contemplating killing somebody to put an end to evil. I mean, not only killing somebody, but ending his own life as a result. Uh, because we know that if Piccolo dies, Kami dies. And I mean, Kami is in this moment, he's taking responsibility for his own actions because he created Piccolo created the evil King Piccolo by separating his own evil from himself into his own entity. Uh, and so he feels like he has to end this cycle of, uh, of tyranny and evil that is Piccolo. Uh, but Goku dashes in and he wants to know exactly what Kami's doing. And he says, no, I'm not going to let you do that. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it really speaks to, to Goku's, I guess, like pure good character. It's the, I'm always going to, to do the right thing, regardless of the, I guess the result, if that makes sense. I mean, it logically kill Piccolo, right? The dude has been, how many people has Piccolo killed at this point? Why does he deserve any mercy? But Goku's a good guy, and he doesn't see it that way. He doesn't want there to be death on his hands or anybody's hands, really. And we see that character kind of shining through. And even, if anything, this might be showing Goku kind of growing beyond Kami at this point. This is kind of the final, like, Goku's stronger than Kami, but he might also possess some wisdom that Kami doesn't have. Yeah, and that's a good point. And I mean, the the interesting part here, too, is that Goku further expresses that wisdom in saying, because Kami says, oh, you know, I, if I kill Piccolo and I die, you guys can just wish me back with Dragon Balls. 
And Goku says, I'm not so sure about that. Even if you are a god, can gods lie? And then Goku kind of reasons out that if you created the Dragon Balls, there's a good chance that those things are going to disappear when you disappear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we this kind of causes Kami to start reflecting on the the decisions he's made and the impact he's had on the planet. And we see him kind of withdraw and start being critical of himself and his role in all of these things. And this leads us to what I think is actually a really good like storytelling slash character moment where Roshi actually steps in and begins to counsel Kami on all the good he's actually put into the world and how if the Dragon Balls didn't exist, Goku wouldn't have been led on this adventure and we wouldn't have the hero that we have today. And I mean, it's, I don't know. It's, I don't know how to describe it. It's just good storytelling. I mean, I, I think to me, uh, and I, I agree with you, and I, I think I'm kind of picking up what you're talking about, too, in, in some ways, where I really like that this shows for both Kami, uh, I mean, for both Kami and Roshi, it shows them as knowledgeable figureheads or mentors, but they're both also very flawed in their own ways. I mean, Roshi. Yes, exactly. I think that's what I was trying to pick up on is these, you know, they're still, they're still in some ways, you know, normal. They're still normal people They're, And that makes them, I guess, more relatable characters. It makes them characters that are likable because if they were flawless, they wouldn't be interesting. Right. But the fact that they do have flaws, I, what, I can't say enough good things. I love this scene. Yeah, it's really well done. And it's it's also emphasizing the growth of Goku, like you said, Dayton, where Goku in some ways has kind of grown beyond Kami, not only in power, but also even in some of his, maybe his knowledge or his experience. Uh, and so given that... we <laughs> Oh boy. <laughs> oh boy, this Goku's wisdom train's coming to an end here soon, isn't it? <laughs> And that comes in the form of Goku asking Yajirobe for another sensu bean. And this is going to be a trope that uh, some people may love or hate moving forward. But Goku gives that sensu bean to Piccolo. (laughs) Oh, gosh. It's I didn't realize that that's how. Oh, man, this. Goku's got to stop doing this. Goku's got it. Like I get <clears throat> not killing your opponent, but don't like heal your opponent. Don't offer your opponent like a, a hand up. Don't give evil people handouts. This is interesting though, right? Because at the very least in this moment, so Goku, Goku has won the world martial arts tournament. That was his big goal. His big, the big thing in the background that has been, pushing and driving him to improve and get better. And so Goku actually expresses to his friends, the audience and Piccolo, you, uh, I've, I've won the tournament. I am arguably one of the strongest people in the world. Now I need something to continue to drive and push me. I need a rival and you Piccolo fit that bill perfectly it's i mean it's 
how many people are going to die because Goku wants a sparring partner is my first question. He also does mention that he can't harm Piccolo without also harming Kame. And so that's also a part of his motivation. So there, there is a, a, I guess, a sense of morality to what he's doing. Cause that makes sense to me. If, if Piccolo could, I don't know, I'm conflicted on it. It is very Dragon Ball. I don't dislike the decision. Like I actually do like that Goku made that decision because he makes that decision all the, all the damn time. But Man, there could be some serious short-sightedness to something like that. I mean, I really like this. And part of the reasons why, like, I, I understand what you're saying and some of the reasons why you don't like it. But if we're talking about flawed characters, Goku is a very flawed character. And I think a lot of people, especially people who have watched the dub, really get this impression that Goku is supposed to be like this heroic character. And to be honest, especially in the manga and the way he's written and even in the Japanese, he's not a hero by any means. He is a very selfish person. All he cares about is his own growth and progress. He cares a little bit about his friends and the people around him, but there are many times where he puts people's lives in danger only for his own enjoyment and development as a fighter. And this is exactly him doing that. And I, I love it. I like that. That's a flaw in his character. <laughs> I mean, I guess if you, if you pointed out like that, that this is, you know, this is an essential part of the direction that his character is going to go, then it makes a ton of sense. Right. It's, and I guess, you're right. The The dub doesn't do as good of a job as maybe the, the Japanese version or the manga. But I mean, when you put it all out there like that, I, he, he'd rather be a martial artist than a dad. He'd rather, I mean, he'd yeah. rather l let people possibly die because there's a mad, mad lunatic on the loose. So that way he can have a better training partner. It's, I mean, the, there's some dark side to that innocence, I guess you could say. Yeah, 100%. Or it, it it maybe even can be explained away by his innocence. Like the fact that he's, he's so innocent or he's so naive that he doesn't really think about other people's lives and well-being. He only thinks about what's good for him, his growth and his enjoyment. Uh, I think that kind of plays into I think that's his... evil. I think that's evil <laughs> <laughs> to go out on a limb and just say, I don't think about other people's lives. I think about my enjoyment. I mean, yeah, I, I, <laughs> I, I personally, I don't look at Goku as being, even though we call him the hero of the story, I don't look at him as being a good person. You could say he's the main character. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, to your point, you were talking about like Kami and Roshi and how they are flawed characters and how you like that. I like that Goku while he's kind of outgrown some of their teachings, he's got his own flaws and own problems over here. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's for darn sure. I mean, it's, I guess we have one last thing to talk about in this episode. And that's, uh, with Piccolo revived and off in the world doing God knows what, um, well, speaking of God, uh, Kame offers Goku his position as guardian of the earth, which I feel like I called this on a previous episode. I felt it in my gut, my, my deep down in my inner cockles. I knew this was going to happen. 
I can confirm because I remember trying to bite my damn tongue because you 100% called it. And I was like, I know what's going to happen, but I can't give it away. <laughs> I was just like, why would the guardian of the earth spend three years on this kid to beat a guy if he didn't have more motive than that? Just seems a little sus. Yeah. And I, I think this exchange, like what you were talking about with with Kami trying to kill Piccolo and Goku stepping in and kind of taking the higher, higher moral ground. I think that was kind of like the final deciding point for Kami where he's like, I've kind of lost sight of what is right and what is wrong. But this 17 year old boy has shown me what is right in this situation Perhaps it's time for me to hang up the mantle of God and pass it on to this kid. Yeah. And I mean, it's Kami's also been been, you know, I guess, battling with his inner demons, with the the force that is Piccolo that he's unleashed upon the world and his inability to to do anything about it. And I can only imagine for how many years he just languished over that decision. And on top of that, I can only imagine how much it would weigh on you that the reason why you became guardian is basically because you unleashed Piccolo upon the planet. That's how you got in that door. Do you really deserve that dis- uh, position? I, I That would weigh on me anyway. No, that's a great point where he's like, he recognized this kind of evil maliciousness in him. And the only way that he could become God or Kami was to unleash this evil entity that caused all kinds of chaos on the world so like yeah he himself is okay now but that evil entity i mean that's a part of him (laughs) that's his fault he did that (laughs) absolutely (laughs) but with the the i guess the the big battle with piccolo over goku's biggest challenge yet lies just ahead being a married man (laughs) and that's kind of where we end this episode as Goku says, nah, man, I don't want to be God. I got other shit to do as he grabs Chi Chi and flies away <laughs> on Nimbus. <laughs> yep. And honestly, I, I, I think we discussed this before this episode. This is this honestly feels like a pretty good stopping point for the series. It's I mean, everything's wrapped up. Goku's off with his girl that, you know, the bad guy is defeated. This is a great stopping point, and it ends on a, a the perfect note, I would say, or at least a perfect note. Um, but unfortunately, after this is the wedding dress arc, and I've got to be honest, these are some of the worst episodes in all of Dragon Ball. They're pretty awful. I would say the worst. This is, it's a filler arc. It's not covered in the manga. It, I mean, it adds... It tries to add more to the story, but we just got our perfect ending. And so as a result, I think Dayton and I are going to just quickly cover this entire five episode arc or chunk uh, and a sort of speed round just so that we can cover the ending of Dragon Ball as a whole. But yeah, these are... I'm going to warn everybody now, we don't feel great about these last five episodes. Yeah, so we're not not going to spend too much time on them because, I mean, everything up to this point was fantastic. I can't say enough good things about 
the the battle with Piccolo and how they wrapped it up and the interactions between the characters, especially Roshi and Kame. And it's I mean, the fight was fun. It was creative. It was it was animated. Well, I can't say enough good things about about these episodes we just went over. And so I don't I don't want to languish on a filler arc that in all honesty doesn't really matter too much in the grand scheme of things. But um. I think you probably had a little bit more to say about it than I did, Todd. So if you want to get us started, um, because I was going to wrap the whole thing up in one sentence. So you probably want more than that. <laughs> I I mean, I got it. There are a few things I have to touch on. And it's it, it's some of my opinions that are not fond of what they did with this filler arc because it it ruins a lot of characterization. So. Overall, what they're doing here is the events after Goku wins the tournament. Uh, he takes Chi Chi to go see the Ox King. They say they're going to get married. The Ox King has the wedding dress of Chi Chi's mother. And then a fire starts on the, the, the Ox fire King. is the filler. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Everything up to that point was great. The fire is the beginning of the filler where they're forced to go on a bunch of mini quests to try and put out the fire. It yeah. is awful. It's terrible. And so they, Goku and Chi Chi, this tries to give some time for Goku and Chi Chi to like just be together and do something together and have a quest together. They basically collect a bunch of items. Uh, Chi Chi is, Chi Chi does nothing. Chi Chi is the damsel in distress here for the most part. The she only thing. literally had a part where she did uh, wife training and did dishes and cleaned. I was. I all right. I'll, I'll let it go. I'll let it go. This arc doesn't matter. This arc no, doesn't matter. I, I want to talk about that at least briefly, because the only that's what I was going to say is the only thing she did to contribute was she cleaned somebody's house and they got <laughs> they they found some honey in the Bancho fan as a result to try and get rid of the fire. But that was Chi Chi's contribution to this entire thing. Just after seeing her be a badass and make it to the semifinals or the quarterfinals for the, the world martial arts tournament. Now she's a damsel in distress. She's like always asking for Goku. Like, where's Goku? I need him to help me and save me and do this thing for me. And <laughs> it just ruins her character. It's, it's awful writing. And fortunately this stuff is not in the manga, but it results in Goku meeting his grandfather putting out this fire again another moment where i mean goku is kind of a jerk to his grandfather and him it was meeting, really weird it was really i was uncomfortable with that yeah and him meeting his grandfather once more i feel like it it lessens the impact of the moment that he met his grandfather in the tournament again with baba so multiple strikes against this silly little filler arc um but Goku, of course, solves the problem, gets the Bancho fan, puts out the fire. The dress is saved. The Ox King is saved. And it results in a, I think the way Dayton put it, is there's a single panel of Goku in a white tuxedo and Chi-Chi in her mother's wedding dress as they do have their wedding ceremony. Yeah, it's the, I mean, it's... <laughs> the smallest little tiniest sliver of the last episode. And this should have been, honestly, it should have just been an episode of them, you know, being a couple sort of thing. And here's, you know, giving, showing you reasons why they work and why 
this is Goku's happily ever after, right? But instead, we get this weird side quest and a single screenshot of them dressed up. And just, I mean, honestly, if it's your first time watching through it, just just stop before this arc. It, just ignore the wedding dress arc and you won't miss anything. I 100% agree. I, I think anybody who watches Dragon Ball, the original Dragon Ball, your experience will be better served stopping at the end of episode 148 and moving directly on to Dragon Ball Z. You will miss nothing except for Goku and Chi Chi wedding PNG. Yeah. So um, with that out of the way, because I don't want to stay on this too long. I do want to just reiterate that, oh my gosh, some of the best fight scenes in the entire Dragon Ball series, though, are in the first five episodes of our review. The uh, Piccolo getting knocked back, but maintaining his arms and Goku and knocking him off balance and slamming him and Goku somersault. This stuff is animated just top notch and the choreography is fantastic. And it's such a I would. Honestly, just rewatch these episodes just for the fun of it, just to enjoy the great fights that were in here. It's it's really well done. I can't overstate it. I think this is I mean, gosh, every world martial arts tournament, I'm just gushing over at how good it was. And I'm just really impressed with Dragon Ball to be able to pull it off three to go to the same tournament three times and make it feel special each and every time. Yeah. And I mean, <laughs> I think it's a testament to how good these episodes are. The first six that we're covering here where, I mean, we've spent over an hour and a half kind of gushing about them and just barely breezing over the filler arc at the tail end. But I agree, Dayton, like what a way minus the filler arc, what a way to go out for Dragon Ball. It is, it clearly is the transition to a more mature tone for the show that would then transition perfectly into Dragon Ball Z. And I mean, the animation has improved. The choreography has improved. The, I mean, the interesting techniques and the stakes have all like improved and increased. And man, I was just, I've watched this before. It's been a long time. I was still blown away by how good this is. I mean, this is almost 30 years later and wow, really well done. It's aged super well. I mean, honestly, it keeps up with some animation I see today and it, it all has to do with just the thoughtful choreography, taking your time to put meaningful frames on this, on the screen. I mean, it, it ages it ages so much better than just, you know, blurred arms or whatever which i will always criticize because i i think it's kind of cheap but there wasn't a ton of that in this there were some but there's so many memorable moments in goku's fight with piccolo and that's how a final fight should be you should be able to look back at it and go man this moment was awesome but also there was this moment and oh my gosh i can't believe he did that and i i went through all those i had all those feelings through this fight and i mean honestly it's oh i, I i'm looking forward to ranking these arcs let me tell you Oh yeah, me too. I I almost feel like uh we we need to go through and rank individual fights at some point because as I'm Oof. thinking on it, like what you said about the animation and the fights like how it holds up. This fight, I mean, if you compare this to even newer or modern Dragon Ball fights, 
this is up there, man. This is really well done. Even compared to some of the better fights in Super, this one is maybe as good, if not better, than some of those. And a big part of it, too, is that there's nothing... It's weird because when I think of the final fight with Jiren and how intense and well animated that was a big part of it is just how smooth it was. And you can tell that they're, you know, they're putting their a game on it, but we're also using the most modern animation techniques and technology that we can use. Well, when I watched this fight with Piccolo, all that's out the window, this is all old technology and they still managed to pull it off at a really high level. It's fantastic. I mean, hats off the, the team that worked on the original dragon ball series, they, they kicked it off or they ended it and probably, I would say the best way possible. I don't know. There's not much I would change. Yeah. Yeah. I very much agree. It's, it's really well done. I'm, I'm glad that we were able to kind of get through the entirety of dragon ball and see, I can't believe it's over. (laughs) I know. I almost wanted more after this. I was so pumped after the fight with Piccolo. It's pretty wild, but it's, uh, I mean, it ends on a phenomenal moment with Goku becoming the world martial arts champion, achieving that goal that he basically started, almost started the series with after the very first arc. And I mean, if, if Dragon Ball as a whole, like the entire story of Dragon Ball went from Goku as a child, kind of working against the Pilaf gang, finding out that he's, a transforming monkey creature Uh, (laughs) starting from there and ending at the point that Goku defeats Piccolo Jr. wins the world martial arts tournament for the first time and saves the planet. If that were the entire story of Dragon Ball and that's where it ended, I'd be satisfied. That would be good enough for me. And that would be a fantastic ending. Yeah. I, I don't know. Just hats off to him. I, I, I think I've gushed for long enough. Is there anything else you want to gush about? (laughs) (laughs) It's hard not to with this one. And Mm -hmm. I know, I know we're going over it a lot, but I think for the most part, that's it. I mean, we've, we finished Dragon Ball, man. I mean, we're, we're moving, moving on to the next thing, which could be Dragon Ball Z. Oh, don't say that. Don't say that. (laughs) I mean, it's, well, it's going to be Dragon Ball Z, but I haven't seen it. So. It's going to be another new uh, new experience for me. <laughs> it makes sense. It makes sense if you know. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> but yeah, I think for the most part, that pretty much wraps things up. Did you have anything else, Dayton? Oh, no. Oh, my gosh. That so good. So except for the fillers, that was so bad. Oh, I'm so Ooh. all over the place right now. <laughs> I know. So many emotions. <laughs> but. I think, at least for today, that's going to be it for this episode of Instant Transmission, where we discuss everything Dragon Ball. This has been your host, Todd. And Dayton. Be sure to join us next time as we review the entirety of the original Dragon Ball. Oh, I want it. Dayton and I are going to be ranking each arc to see which one soars through the sky atop Nimbus and which one will be banished to Hiffle. Does Goku develop more as a character through his fight against the Red Ribbon Army or while training with Master Roshi? Which world martial arts tournament truly delivers the goods? Is Emperor Pilaf a better villain than King Piccolo? Find out a next time. And to all our dragon, our fellow Dragon Ball fans, stay safe out there and remember to keep rocking the dragon. 
wife training mountain. Are you serious? How do I get my wife there? <laughs> I need some more cooking and cleaning training. Also, the no girls allowed mountain. Are you serious? 